Today's episode is brought to you by our sponsors over at Axon Sledge Supplements. It is a new year. 2021 is off and running. And if you're looking for top-of-the-line supplements, everything from your pre-workouts, post-workouts, protein shakes, protein bars, just a badass company to support, Axon Sledge is the supplement company for you. I've been working with these guys for over a year now. I've been taking their supplements for way longer than that. And what you see is what you get. I mean, it's quality stuff from top to bottom. I wouldn't be pushing it and supporting them if I didn't truly believe in it. A lot of you guys have already supported me with my discount code, and it's not going anywhere. It's still up and running, and I'd be more than happy to answer any questions you have about the supplement company as a whole, but check it out, man. Axon Sledge Supplements. Uh, go to axonsledge.com and use promo code JGill10 at checkout for 10% off of your order. Thank you all for stopping by. My name is Justin Gilly, and you're listening to the Rated JG Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Rated JG Podcast. Wanted to start out by saying thank you so much for all the support that we got on the Small Room Sessions live stream concert we did over on the Facebook page. It was a great success, great turnout, had a lot of love and support from all of you guys. I certainly appreciate it. Y'all are the bomb. But now we are going to get back to regular stuff here. Uh, no more no more concerts for the, the foreseeable future. So uh, I'm going to do this episode is going to be specifically all about MMA because the UFC 260 just got finished up on Saturday and the UFC is popping right now. There's a bunch of fun stuff to go over. So that's what we're going to be focusing on today. Uh, like I said, UFC 260 happened on Saturday. There was big fights all across the main card. Uh, more specifically, there was three that I was focused on. You had Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Thomas Almeida, Tyron Woodley versus Vicente Luque, Stipe Miocic versus Francis Ngannou, and that was for the heavyweight title and the title of the baddest man on earth. So, yeah, there's a lot to be excited about on this card, and I was going to be sure to tune in, which I did. And I'll start out before I jump into it. I'm going to say this kind of performance, this, this card, was exactly what the UFC president, Dana White, wanted to happen. He got a marketable heavyweight champion, which is, like I said, that's kind of like the cornerstone of any kind of fight promotion is your heavyweight champ. So he has a new, you know, big-time heavyweight guy as a champ. He got an insanely crazy knockout from a cash cow down in the bantamweight division, so the 135 guys. And he hopefully got a retirement from an old veteran who has looked absolutely terrible as of late. So hopefully this will kind of usher him out of the scene. But we'll jump into all that now. So first off... Everyone knows, if you've ever listened to an episode of this, you know I am a massive Sugar Sean O'Malley guy. Um, he was one of those dudes that I just happened to stumble upon a long time ago on the Contender Series. I think it was like 2018, 2017, whatever. Super skinny dude, white guy, tatted up, afro. He has a big personality, and he has big power, and he's like six foot tall in the 135 division. So, I mean... Definitely a big statured guy for that particular weight class, but a lot of fun to watch. I have been very vocal about how much I uh, I am a fan of him, and I just like personality fighters 
as a whole. Uh, what I mean by that is like people like a couple of my favorite fighters are Sean O'Malley, Darren Till, Tony Ferguson, you know, all these these big personality guys you can kind of get behind. They're not afraid to show you who they are. So that way, whenever they jump in the octagon, you kind of feel like you have a connection with them. Love those kind of guys. And uh, Sugar Sean's coming off of his first and only loss in mixed martial arts against Cheeto Vera. For those of you that know, don't know, he got one of these weird calf kicks and it like it hit that uh I, I forgot what kind of nerve it is there's a name for it but it's some nerve in his calf and his leg essentially like died I mean he couldn't stand on it it just collapsed on him same thing happened to Henry Cejudo a while back but it was weird and ever since then everyone kind of wrote him off but I've I'm I'm a big big time believer in him and uh you know just to start off this dude is on one of the biggest UFC cards in recent history, you know, the heavyweight titles up for grabs, he's not even ranked, and he's on this card. Like, I mean, that kind of goes to show you the power of personality. And, you know, I don't agree with all of his actions, but I am fascinated by, like, his fight style. Uh, he does some stuff outside of the cage that's a little bit too much for me, but he, you know, he, he completely buys into all this. He's kind of like, if you watch wrestling, he's kind of, like, embraced the, the heel I guess you could say he's kind of going for the bad guy look, but I knew him from before he was that person. So it's like, I'm just kind of seeing him go through this progression and he's learning and he's growing, but he absolutely dismantled and bullied Thomas Almeida for three rounds. Basically he beat him twice. If you watch the fight first round drops him to the point where he's, you know, Almeida's up against the cage and his eyes are rolled back in his head. And, uh, he, you know, sugar, stupidly walked away from him kind of like what he did in the Eddie Wineland fight so uh in recent history Sean O'Malley uh hit a, a straight right hand that put Tom I mean that put Eddie Wineland into a different dimension and he just walked away because I mean Wineland was knocked out so I think maybe he was under the impression that Almeida was the same thing was happening there he was very wrong Almeida got up and ended up going two more rounds with him but it might have been in his best interest to stay down because it ended up in the third round, O'Malley dropped Almeida and started to walk away again like he did in the first round, and the ref didn't call it, so he casually walks up and drops a freaking overhand right like Thor's hammer and hit Almeida's head into the canvas so hard that dude's going to be, there's no way he doesn't have a concussion. I mean, he put a, he hit him into the shadow realm. I mean, just completely embarrassed this dude. It was an unnecessary blow, but I get it. You know, he has to learn from what he did in that first round. Don't walk away from an opponent, you know, but at the same time, Almeida has to do uh, what every referee says at the beginning of the fight, you know, make sure to defend yourself at all times and protect yourself at all times. And apparently he wasn't because he ended up with a fat L on his name and Sugar walks away with a, a W. So he moves to 13 and one. But, man, he's so good for this division. 135 is already exciting enough as is. You know, you have Piotr Jan and Aljamain Sterling up at the top. But I can see so many fun fights in this division for Sugar. Like, you got, like, can you imagine him and Cody Garbrandt? I mean, holy crap. Those are, that right there just screams main event. And, or Dominic Cruz, you know, some of the legends in that division. Marlon Moraes, Corey Sandhagen, people like that. Dana White's got to be licking his chops because he's just sitting there counting dollar bills in his head because he knows that Sugar's so marketable and there's so many fun fights that come just from having his name on the card. 
Um, the, the rankings will probably be updated this week. I'm sure he'll have some sort of number next to his name, maybe 15, 14, but I'm sure he, he snuck into the rankings after that performance. But he still has to prove himself against a ranked opponent because the only time that he's ever gone up against somebody with any kind of name recognition was Cheeto Vera, and he ended up, you know, I just mentioned that he lost. So he's setting himself up for success, but that was the first fight that I wanted to focus in on because my boy Sugar. Love it. Love the way that that fight came out. Excited to see where he goes in the future. Doesn't look like he took too much damage, so he'll probably be ready to go in a couple months. But um, the next one that wanted to focus on was Tyron Woodley and Vicente. Tyron Woodley is the former champ, and he uh, he's kind of been tested with the best uh, as of recently. You know, he, he lost to Kamaru Usman, who currently holds the belt. He lost to Gilbert Burns, who just fought for the belt. He lost to Colby Covington, who's a top-ranked guy. And he needed a really good showing, and he blew it. You know, he comes out freaking guns blazing, which was good because Woodley in the past couple fights has looked terrible. He's looked too patient. He looks like he doesn't want to be there. He looks tired. It's I don't know. It's weird. But he came out guns blazing, and he rocked Vicente Luque with an overhand right. I mean, he was you could visibly see that Luque was hurt. But he weathered the storm, and uh, then he turned it around quickly, and he had Woodley basically knocked out while he was standing. I mean, his legs were straight. He was wobbling left and right. He couldn't even, his eyes weren't even open. Uh, and he ended up getting a submission with little to no resistance from Woodley at all. He was basically done for, like I said, knocked out standing. Um, but I have talked about it on here many times when we talk about UFC, is I, I sincerely hope that Tyron Woodley retires. Because fighters cannot ever seem to find that sweet spot of when to walk away. And they get to the point where they're almost like tainting their legacy. And Woodley's definitely there. I mean, he is. it's been an embarrassing run for him. He is one of the, you know, in my opinion, he's a Hall of Fame welterweight. He's a Hall of Fame fighter in general. But he was so good for the sport for so long. And he's just looked terrible lately. And he's, I mean, after this fight, he, he looked really really hurt. So I just hope that he, he hangs it up and walks away. He's a terrible rapper, but he's a rapper. So maybe he has another career there. I don't know. It was, I'm just, I sincerely hope that he's done because I'm just, I hate seeing fighters go down this downward trend and he's been on this path for years now. So, but on the other hand, you know, Luke, looked really good. He, he still needs to prove himself and continue to prove himself in this division. Obviously this fight is a huge feather in his cap, but the upper echelon guys are still light years ahead of him. You know, they, they've they got, uh, just for instance, you know, the, in a few weeks, Kamaru Usman's going to be fighting uh, Jorge Masvidal for the second time for the belt. And if Luke walks into the ring with either one of those guys, it's it's game over. I mean, there's there's levels to this. And he's he's earning his stripes, and I'm sure they're going to give him somebody good on the next the next go around. But we'll see because uh, that, that division is looking pretty good. And like I said, there's a pretty definitive line between the top and bottom guys there, and he's kind of hovering around the middle. So if he keeps continuing to prove himself, he'll probably be fighting for that belt in no time. But like I said, Usman, Masvidal coming up soon. I think that's the next pay-per-view, if I'm not mistaken. So keep your eyes out for that. But without further ado, the uh, the main fight everybody was looking forward to, the main event on the, the, the pay-per-view card was Stipe Miocic, versus Francis Ngannou for the heavyweight belt. And, again, it's well documented on this show. I I love Stipe. Loved him for years. Me and a bu- my buddies, uh, Russell and 
Brian, they are on in the shout out the YFB network. But I mean, we've talked about it multiple times on my podcast and on theirs. It's hard not to like Stipe. He is just a, a class act. He's, you know, a man's man. He's just a good dude. And he is a trailblazer for this division and arguably the best heavyweight of all time, at least on paper. You know, uh, people will argue that you had Cain Velasquez back in the day and stuff like that or JDS, but it's, you got to look at his resume. I mean, he, Stipe beat JDS, Stipe beat Alistair Overeem, Stipe beat, you know, just the, the, the list goes on and on. He beat Daniel Cormier twice. I mean, like the proof's in the pudding here and in Ganu, you know, Stipe beat him their first go around. So like the accolades just go on and on and the resume speaks for itself. But Stipe, this one hurt because we do have a new champion and Ganu knocked Stipe out in a vicious manner. It was, it was hard to watch that, but he, you know, and Ganu deserves it. He won fair and square. I mean, he fought an excellent fight and he's a terrifying human being. Uh, Yeah. He had a vicious second round T or excuse me, KO and Stipe never really looked like he got going. He only threw like, I think like 18 to 20 strike attempts in those two rounds. And those are attempts. He obviously didn't land them all, but like, that's insane. You see that stat line and you're like, what the hell? Like that's, that doesn't make any sense coming from a champion, but he barely touched Nganu, but Nganu looked phenomenal. I mean, terrifying, if you will. He came out composed, came out calm, and he's definitely learned. And those are things you could never say about Francis in the past because he looked like an idiot versus Rosenstruck in his last fight, but somehow he landed one of his bear paws and knocked him out. I mean, he came out doing the windmill punches he looked like he's never stepped in an octagon in his life but whenever you're six foot five 265 pounds with two percent body fat you can kind of get away with having no technique and just having brute strength but anyway he knew he couldn't fight Stipe like that he he has proven it in the past Stipe completely beat the shit out of him last time that they fought I mean embarrassed him weathered the storm and just showed all of his weaknesses but that was a couple years ago and, you know, like I said, he knew he couldn't fight Stipe like that. And he comes out with calf kicks. Like, what? That giant man's throwing calf kicks and perfectly placed ones at perfect times. Calculated his punches. He wasn't, you know, doing rock'em, sock'em robots. He was actually finding holes and openings and landing jabs and hooks. And he was stuffing takedowns from Stipe. That's insane. Not only did he stuff the takedown, he pushed the head into the mat changed positions to Stipe's back and started throwing punishing blows in that clinch. Like what? That's, that's big time. That's insane to, you know, to think about the previous bodies of work we've had to look at from Stipe or from Francis. I can't believe that he was improved that much. I mean, it's, you can definitely tell that he was learning and he, he took the time and those losses and he, he made the best out of the time off and proved that he deserves that belt. And, you know, ultimately, Stipe weathered that storm whenever he kind of, uh, you know, got his takedown stuffed and Francis, or excuse, yeah, Francis kind of switched positions to his back. He weathered it a little bit and thought that he would gas out, which he did. You could see Francis was visibly tired, but then he ended up getting caught in very non-Francis manner. Like, usually when you see a, a Francis knockout, like, everyone sees the one of Overeem where he... Basically, you could see Overeem's body leave his soul when Francis hit him. Like, Francis knocked out Stipe just now on Saturday with a, a check 
left hook. I mean, you go look it up on YouTube. I mean, it was not some wound up Hail Mary, you know, insane haymaker. He it was a it was a calculated, beautiful, just a little check left, and he slept him. I mean, you can see Stipe's eyes roll back in his head just immediately upon impact. And I mean, that's a, a big dude. But, you know, it, dating back to before the fight, it was kind of weird. I didn't want to say anything, obviously, because I'm a massive Stipe fan, but he looked off. He looked like he was too calm, if that if that makes sense. I don't know if you can be too calm going into a fight, but whenever you're fighting a, a terrifying human being like Nganu, like it, it, you would think that there'd be a little bit of anxiety or like, you know, uh, maybe he wanted some solitude and, you know, really wanted to to train harder, but if you looked at the UFC embeddeds and stuff, he was, looked like he was eating pasta and maybe drinking wine, and he was really, really playful and joking around with his coaches and laid back, and he did not seem like somebody that was about to defend the heavyweight belt, which is, you know, hey, no judgment, you know, my God, obviously the guy's the most decorated heavyweight of all time, but it just looked weird. It was like he didn't care or he didn't, he wasn't, surprise I don't know it's it's very weird it, 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 it's something I've never seen from him before and uh I don't know I I don't want I don't think Stipe is going to retire I hope he doesn't he's still got a lot to offer I don't want a rematch right now at least I don't want to see that trilogy for a minute because Stipe was that was a rough knockout but I'm not done hearing his walkout song you know that MGK till I die that whoo that still gives me chills whenever you see you know a dude walk walking out of the the UFC tunnel, six foot four, two hundred and thirty-five pounds or whatever, and you got that song playing. That that's the that's the best walkout of all time right there. But love Stipe. He was incredibly humble in his you know, he's been humble in victory and even more so in defeat. He's didn't make any excuses. He was all about giving Francis his time and telling him how much he deserves and how much he earned it. But another huge thing, moving on from that is Huge news came out today. The UFC signed Patty the Batty Pimblet. This dude has been so much fun to watch in cage fighters. He is their former featherweight champ. He'll probably be fighting at 155 in the UFC to add to that already insanely stacked division. But dude, he's this young guy out of Liverpool in England. Shout out Darren Till. But I'm so excited. I mentioned earlier I love personality fighters, and this dude is exactly that. He is a bundle of just a little ball of energy and I can't wait to get him over here mark my words he will be a household name in no time look him up patty the batty pimblet uh but anyways that's all I had for today man it was just a quick one wanted to come check in with you guys shout out to the YFB network go check them out your favorite blockhead with Brian Little the burnout Chris Barnett loud and opinionated with Russ casually kicking it all those guys make sure and go show them some love go follow them go like, comment, subscribe, and as always, I appreciate you guys stopping by, and remember, as long as y'all keep listening, I'll keep talking. We'll see you next time.